1: DIO 2022. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the RotoViz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here's the latest edition of the RotoViz High Stakes Lowdown. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to a glorious Monday night in June. I am Eric Balkman, the host of the Road of This High Stakes Lowdown. Uh, I do want to remind uh, everybody, before we get going here, I'll bring our guest out shortly. The Football Guys uh, early bird promo is live right now. Remember, if you are drafting in that prior to July 15th, as long as you register by the end of the month, you're going to get a free $35 FFPC team credit applied to your account. Uh, we'll do that up to three times as well, so it's 105 bucks worth of teams if you want to do that. We highly encourage that and you can try to take your shot at a $500,000 grand prize. The 2022 FFPC Best Ball Tournament grand prize and prize pool has been doubled. 125 bucks could turn into two hundred grand for you this season, so good luck in that. Uh, the inaugural Superflex Best Ball Tournament is live, $35 to enter that. And you could win $10,000. If you want to play Dynasty, startups are going live um, almost pretty much filling every day. Um, all sl- slow formats, eight hour clocks. So if you want to pick up a few maidens this summer, definitely do that as well. And then, of course, plenty of slow, live, and sit and go best ball options all at myffpc.com. This week, uh, my guest on the road of his high stakes slowdown is a champion. Of four FFPC dynasty and redraft leagues, as well as the 2016 Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship main event overall winner. He's here to discuss his strategy for the 2022 Football Guys Players Championship. Might get into some of his best ball leagues he's already done this year as he chases a $500,000 grand prize in the Football Guys Players Championship. Please welcome into the program Mark Salinas. Mark, welcome aboard, man.
2: How's it going, Bucky?
1: Uh, Doing great. Excited to, I mean, we're basically in, you know, drafting season now. We're past Memorial Day. Uh, We're in the thick of it. Um, I I keep saying this over and over again. No more NFL draft. Free agents are basically behind us. It's time to rev up. It's time to get going. And I know you've drafted a few teams already, and I want to get into some of the players that you've selected and some of those kicking things off uh, with Josh Jacobs. He has slipped um, to the 505 in the Football Guys Players Championship right now. Uh, over the last seven days. Shout out to Darren Armani, fantasy mojo, fantasymojo.com for that ADP. How much of a value is he there right now when you consider that the Raiders traded up to draft uh, Zamir White? They still have Kenyon Drake there as well.
2: Yeah, I it's he's I wouldn't consider him a a value. I would say he's just, you know, he's he's being drafted in the right place. Um, he kind of falls into that that uh, that RB dead zone that everybody keeps talking about um, at fourth, fifth, sixth uh, round um, area. Uh, he's being drafted around running backs like Antonio Gibson and Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell um, around there to Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Miles Sanders. I think he's comparable to all those running backs. Um, he's still yeah, he's still the running back one out here in Las Vegas i'm I'm here in Las Vegas so he's he's still the top guy. He'll still get your production and he also catches patches passes as well. Um, so he's going to get you your production. It, it seems to be a value, but you can have all there's there's other other running other other running backs there getting getting drafted that you can get that same production as well. So I wouldn't say he's a value, but he he's he's just right at where he's getting drafted right now.
1: Well, you, you mentioned some of these other running backs here, Miles Sanders, uh, uh, Antonio Gibson, even J.K. Dobbins kind of going in that area, um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Isn't it weird that just – I mean, what do you make of the running back dead zone? Because these guys are all players that were going sometimes round one, round two, round three, even in, in Ezekiel Elliott too, even last year. you know. So, uh, to me, people call this a running back dead zone. I think there's some value there that you could pick up here.
2: Oh, it, it does. Does the running back – dead zone even exists this year. I mean, yeah, it's, just, exactly. it's all about it's all about expectation. You know, if if you if you're looking for that top tier uh, running back in that area, you're going to be disappointed. But if you're looking in that area for somebody who can just produce and be part of your of your roster, uh, I don't think you'll be disappointed.
1: Um, switching things to uh, the Miami Dolphins here. And, and I feel like I've talked a lot about this Um, over the last several weeks, um, the backfield there, is is there anyone worth his salt uh, as far as ADP value goes right now? Are you targeting anybody there? Are you just trying to grab somebody late or just avoiding it altogether?
2: Uh, At their prices, they're pretty cheap right now. You can get Chase Edmonds eighth or ninth ninth round. And that's where I start looking at him. If there's somebody better, I will probably lean toward that player. But if I needed running back, say, I'd probably already have maybe, you know, two running back, two running backs in those rounds. I'd probably be looking at Chase Edmonds in the eighth or ninth round for as my third running back. Um, the other, I mean, there you have Sonny Michel, you have Raheem Mostert. Um, those guys are injury, injury, you know, they're injury, they have injury issues. Yeah. Um, maybe that's why, you know, Sonny Michel wasn't, you know, signed. He was signed as late as he was. Um, but you know, he was, I mean, they're still good running backs. Um, Sonny Michelle, um, he was on the Rams last year, had some great games, great games. Uh, Raheem Oser before his major, major injury. Uh, he, you know, he was an RB one on San Francisco. Um, so uh, you can't really count out those guys, especially at their price, maybe in the 14th round or so, uh, they're worth the shot. Uh, but as far as, you know, uh, you know, deliberately drafting them i mean i take a shot if they were there
1: is that what you've been doing as, so far this year as far as the dolphins running backs just one of them here there, late but not yeah late. absolutely so
2: uh, i am in a place like a football guys uh uh tournament team if there's a place where i can cut them you know i'd draft them late and, and and cut them if they weren't doing you know having the production
1: is that what you sort of do like in if you're drafting in june or july say in the football guys players championship are you taking these lottery ticket guys late because they'll be easy to cut in the first preseason waiver wire? I mean, is that part of the strategy?
2: Absolutely. Yes, sir.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Lions. Uh, we we heard that uh, Deuce Staley, who's the Lions running back uh, coach there, said that he had a conversation with DeAndre Swift, said he needs – trying to explain the difference to him between being injured and being hurt, and he needs to play through some of these injuries he you know that, that he sustained over the course of his career. What are the chances? And I was actually – I wanted to ask you about Swift, and then I looked up his ADP and I was actually surprised that this dude is a first round pick right now. Currently going over the last seven days in the football guys players championship at the 112 as running back seven. That really surprised me. So, Mark, what are the chances that he's able to live up to a 112 ADP this season?
2: Well, if he if he you know follows his coach, if he listens to his coach and you know gets through some of the, you know, sometime pain, you know, it's called res- resiliency. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. people you know, don't want to do, you know, what they're supposed to do. Uh, but, they, you know, and that's just something about about growing up. You know, these guys are still young guys. So, they, you know, they need to, you know, you know, get out there and do their jobs. But with that said, I mean, the man is the, the player is really talented um, and he's on a talented team now. I, I, I mean, the Lions didn't win many games last season, but I, they've got he's, there's so much talent there now. Um, You got Swift. uh, um, You got Jameson Williams, who just got drafted. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Um, There's just so much. There's a lot of talent, a lot of talent there that, you know, the offense doesn't have to lean toward him. And, you know, his talent, Swift's talent can shine through if that machine goes. Um, You know, he's he's got a great offensive line and he catches patches he catches passes yeah which which you know if he's on if, if he if he's at the bottom of the uh, first round now he might inch his way up to the beginning of the mm. first round uh if that talent is evident if he you know he shows that he can play and catch passes he I might you know we might see him go up in that first round
1: he actually i'm I'm just looking at the highest he's gone um, is the 105. So he's already, you know, some people have already valued him with, again, playing for $500,000, already valued him as a as a mid-first-round player. Maybe that creeps up even more. Let's keep talking about the Lions here. I'm on Ross St. Brown. You just mentioned him, Mark. A lot of people, myself included, are very excited about what Jamison Williams is going to bring to the table um, from a, well, dynasty standpoint primarily. You know, I'm excited about his career. Not really sure about this season. But he had the late ACL tear. Given that fact, is Amon Brown, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, a guy who's sort of been discounted in leagues because of after the Lions traded up for James Williams, is is Amon Ross St. Brown the, the Lions receiver to own this year?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I, and you hear about uh, Jameson Williams has that torn ACL. It's going to be late when he mm-hmm. gets, gets to actually playing. So, you know, late September into October. Um,
1: and he's missing all ahead. this, he's missing all this time right now too.
2: Yeah. yeah. You well, know, he's, he's just getting yeah.
1: mental reps. So even when he starts, you know, getting amped up, he's going to be more of a rookie than the other rookies.
2: Yes. Yes. And, you know, Amon am has been there. Um, he's got, you know, he's, he's got the rapport with the quarterback, you know, you know, Jared Goff is not, you know, he's not the perfect quarterback, but, you know, hopefully <laughs> yeah, he's going, hopefully that whole offense takes a step. Uh, takes a step up this year. Um, you know they they got they got rid of uh, Anthony Lynn, um, who's you know more run focused. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, they open it up a little more and you know have you know have a little bit of a fa- uh, faster offense so everybody can get their reps. Swift and St. Brown and everybody on that offense.
1: Well, and Hawkinson too. Are you pretty bullish on the Lions' offense in general this year?
2: Yes, I am. Yes, okay. I am. Um, right. And Golf is is you know that. You know, that late, late, late round quarterback that you get very, very cheap as your um, QB2. I know a lot there's a lot of a lot of talk about stacks. Um, You know, you want you want that high powered stack at the beginning of your draft. Say, you know, uh, I'm a Holmes Kelsey. But toward the later rounds, um, you know, you you have your cheap stacks, say a Detroit where you can get guy if you draft. St. Brown early, you can get Goff as your quarterback. Really, really late. Um, another stack you can get late is probably the uh, Houston Texans, where you can get all their players pretty late. <laughs> you know, you can get uh, you can get uh, Davis Mills uh, as a quarterback, and get uh, Brevin Jordan as a tight end.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: but yeah, it's it's another one of those you know strategies. Um, I like to have like a secondary stack where you can get really really cheap, especially in best ball. Um, you can get them really really cheap. And, you know, it'll and again, if if it's not working out, uh, you can always cut, you know, you can always have raw. You can cut those roster spots I mean, cut those players so you can have more roster spots.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. It works out that way for sure. Um, but going down to New Orleans here, um, are you uh, Michael Thomas has become a bit. It seems like the every time we get a piece of news, the the air of the Michael Thomas hype balloon, a little gets it gets a little bit more deflated every time. So I want to know how you feel about him this year. Have you drafted him anywhere? Are you off him? And if you are fading Michael Thomas, do you like Jarvis Landry or Chris Olave better as your wide receiver of choice from, from a football guys, you know, a uh, player championship standpoint, a redraft standpoint? Yeah,
2: New Orleans is, is a, is a sneaky, sneaky offense, um, sneaky, high powered offense. I yes. want to say um, because Jamin, James Winston, Winston, he's, he's, you know, back in his Tampa day, back in his Tampa days, he would, he would hurl it. He would, he would throw the long bombs. Um, but to answer your question, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not off Michael Thomas at all. Um, he just needs to get healthy. Um, I I guess the attitudes there in new Orleans now, he, you know, he doesn't, he, he wants to be there. So if everything works out health wise, um, he should work up back to a, a wide receiver one status. Um, and he's he's going, he's he's going,
1: the, the, the thing is too with Thomas is like if you think that and if you believe that 605 right now for him as wide yes. receiver 30. I mean it's it's stealing if you do believe Thomas is going to get back there. And I'm kind of with you on on and, and sorry for interrupting, I'll let you finish your thought in a second, but I'm with you on Winston. Stu pipes the ball downfield with no regard to interceptions, which we like from a fantasy standpoint for the most part. Um, got playmakers in Landry, Thomas, and um, Olave. And then Kamara too coming out of the backfield. And I don't know what's going to happen with that situation that, that's going on there right now. But the Saints' offense is very intriguing if all the parts get put in the right spot and they're all humming.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, it all comes down to uh, Michael Thomas's injury. If he right. can come back, um, yeah. And that's another one of those sneaky, sneaky snacks, uh, sneaky, sneaky stacks. You can get Winston very, very late. Mm-hmm. Um you can get Olave very, very late in the ninth or tenth round. Um, you know, it's if if they can get that offense together, um, I don't think uh, you know, they I mean it's it, they're in the AFC South as well, which is a lot of high high power offense, Tampa Bay and you know, so I mean they're gonna have to
1: keep up also. So you know, I'm I hope you. they can do it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um for sure.
0: Or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: Um, we talked about Olave. Let's talk about another rookie. And I'll be honest with you. I'm in probably, I'm still like in, in Kentucky has their rookie drafts going on for Dynasty right now. I'm probably in like four of them. I've already had like three. Uh, three other dynasty rookie drafts done. I have gotten zero shares of, of Wandale Robinson so far. And I don't know. And, and this is it kind of reminds me of another giants receiver, rookie receiver. I faded in rookie drafts several years ago named Odell Beckham and didn't (laughs) grab him anywhere and totally regretted it. Obviously for those baller seasons he had at the start of his career, I'm not saying Wandale Robinson is Odell Beckham, but the fact that I faded him or haven't gotten him, um, is that a bad thing? Um, let's talk about redraft, too, because he gets Brian Dable um, coming in. You would think with a better, you know, offensive mind uh, than what they have with Joe Judge. What kind of value from a football guy's standpoint does Wandale Robinson provide for fantasy managers in his rookie year?
2: And you're saying uh, Wondell Robinson is small. You know, he's small. Um, you know, and he's only 5'8". And But, I mean, being short doesn't mean that he's not a good, fo- a good football right. player. Right. So, and, but the thing about being a small player kind of reminds me of um, Tariq Cohen. Um, he was 5'6", but he was explosive and electric on the field. That's kind of what I see in Wandale Robinson. Now, Tariq Cohen, I mean, he, he was a gadget player and you know he wasn't on the field that much is only in there for those gadget plays and that's kind of what i see wandale robinson doing mm. uh just getting in there i mean the, the giants are, are I, I, i've been saying this all night they are a sneaky stack the giants have uh, according i forget which article i was reading but they have a very easy schedule they have like oh. the, top, the easiest schedule in the nfl this year um you know they, uh, Daniel Jones is, is they're going to be the quarterback. Yeah, I I mean they they still have uh, Kenny Galladay and Sterling Sharp there, uh, so Juan would, would play that role as the gadget player. So you can't really expect him to you know produce for you week in and week out. Um, he's going to be that gadget player that might be on the fringe of your bench and fringe on the uh, waiver wire. Mm-hmm. Um, if you need that roster spot, you might have to cut Wondale Robinson to uh get somebody in there that you need.
1: What what do you how do you sort of assess those Giants receivers in general? Because it's kind of I mean, like Galladay was the big free agent signing, he didn't work out so well last year. Sterling Shepard's been the the old you know, the old standby there who's had solid if unspectacular years. Kadarius Toney looked like he was gonna set the world on fire for a few weeks, then he kind of slacked off a little bit. Darius Slayton, a deep threat who's made some big plays. And then they use the second round pick on Wandale Robinson. Um, and, and if this is a sneaky offense here this year, which one of those guys represents the best value?
2: I'm going to say Kenny Galladay. Mm. He was, he didn't have a great season last year. If he can get it together, because he's, he's one of those tall, he wins, you know, at the point of the catch type receivers, He's going been, he's the wide receiver one. If he can, you know, produced at the level he's getting paid for, which, you know, and the coaches, you know, uh, depending on what they, they, you know, get out of them. um, If he lives up to his potential, Kenny Galladay will, will get you those wide receiver one numbers.
1: He is going at the 1104 in football guys drafts right now. That's after Michael Gallup, who's recovering from the ACL, Jamison Williams, who's recovering from the ACL as well. And then it's right ahead of Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Rondale Moore, and Tyler Boyd, too. So that's the area that you'd be looking at drafting Kenny Galladay. Again, I always quote Joe Del long longtime FFPC player. No such thing as a bad pick after the 10th round. I'm a big believer in that. Mm-hmm. Um, moving over to uh, tight ends. So Tyreek Hill goes from Kansas City to Miami. Um, and now I, I feel like Kansas City's done a pretty good job collecting talent, but they haven't replaced Tyreek Hill. Juju Smith, Schuster, Marquez, Alice, Scantling, Sky Moore, all very good players. We think Sky Moore is going mean, to be a very good player, but we don't know for sure yet. But who's the Mr. Reliable there? It's Travis Kelsey. Um, and I feel like he's always been like a, a, a really good PPR tight end uh, in his career there. Now he's going to be the most trusted target that Patrick Mahomes has. I know he's not exactly a spring chicken anymore, but mm-hmm. is he in for a career year this year, Mark?
2: Well, I don't think he's going to be in for a career year, but – I, mean, I, I he'll be in for his typical year <laughs> i mean if you i mean especially in FFPC tight end premium scoring that's you know that's 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 first round worthy you know mm-hmm. i think he's going in the middle of the uh, first round so even if he doesn't have a career year uh, he's worth that first round pick now I, you're, you're right because I, they did they have collected that that talent and that talent is you know it's not just a bag of donuts <laughs> i mean MBS MBS, uh, um, MBS. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I can't say his real name, but he's you know he was that downfield threat um, in in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyreek Hill, you know, ran those same routes. Um, we can't say that he's going to catch them all just like Tyreek did, but he'll catch some of them, and we will, you know, hopefully that you know it'll see a bump up in stats. he will see a bump up in stats there. Um, Smith Schuster, he's again, he's not, you know, he's still pretty talented, even though he's on TikTok a lot, you know, he's been right. all the time on TikTok. you know, he's still, you know, he, even if he mans the slot, you know, he'll still, he'll, he'll still get his looks and he's got some good hands and he will, you know, he'll, he'll catch some balls. So Travis Kelsey might not have a career year, but he'll have his t- typical year, which should be enough for uh, FFPC drafters.
1: Um, do, are you, targeting any of those other chiefs receivers that we just talked about in drafts or just kind of grabbing them if they slip.
2: Yeah, I, uh, this is going to be one of the, uh, the uh, is going to come up later in the show. Let's save uh, it. Let's
1: save it. <laughs> Let's save it. All right. Cause I, I, I definitely want to get into that um, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, Bryce masters, longtime FFPC commissioner. He and I worked together in, in real life or, you know, at our day jobs as well. And I made a bet with him. This was before the NFL draft. This was probably a month before the NFL draft. I'm kind of regretting it. I don't think I gave him odds, but I'm kind of regretting it because it, to me it's it's very very close. And I thought I'd ask you this: Who has the better year this year? FFPC scoring is it Kyle Pitts in his second year in Atlanta with Marcus Mariota and perhaps Desmond Ritter at some point throwing to him with you know Drake London his main competition, or is it Darren Waller, guy who's already been in the Pro Bowl, done you know had some of the most successful tight end seasons in in recent memory? He gets a really good quarterback in Derek Carr. But he also have to, uh, has to fend off targets from um, Hunter Renfro and now Devonte Adams as well. Who has the better year, Mark? Who's who's higher on your board?
2: Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I live here in Las Vegas, so I hear a lot of Raiders news. Um, you don't really hear a lot. Um, you're right. I, the Raiders have, I mean, so much talent in there right now. Um, Devonte Adams is going to soak up a lot of ta- targets, like you said. Uh, Renfro is there. Um, like we were saying earlier, um, Josh Jacobs catches passes as mm-hmm. well. Um, so, I mean, you can say that about every team in the AFC West as well. You've been hearing that a lot to Draft players from the AFC West, draft players from the AFC West. Um, what they forget though is, you know, some of those defenses in the AFC West are also also pretty good. I mean, the Chargers put a lot of money um, into their defense. Uh, they they signed Khalil Mack. Um, so it's, it's – um, yeah, I'm not. You know, that was a tough one for me because, because I mean, Kyle Pitts is going to be the focal point of that offense. So, you know,
1: it's. I guess you like, would
2: say Kyle Pitts.
1: I, you know, and God. the thing, the th- the thing that that is interesting about Pitts, and this is why I'm hoping, and and quite frankly, I don't think they're going to turn the keys over to Ritter soon. But you always see these rookie, well, not always, but you see a lot of rookie quarterbacks. Glam on like they lock onto that one receiver that one trusted receiver and I feel like that could be pits and I feel like Atlanta's going to get blown out in a lot of games this year and I feel like there's gonna be a lot of garbage time and when the when the actual real bullets start flying in the game facing pressure I feel like Ritter is the type of guy who'd be constantly dumping it to pits the problem with Mariota is Number one, he probably isn't is affected by pressure because he's seen it before at, at an NFL level. Number two, he's a really good runner. So mm-hmm. when, when he gets under pressure, he can just roll out yeah, and then, and then run, which um, mm-hmm. Carr, I don't think, will do that. He'll do it from time to time. But when you have three guys that know how to get open, in Waller, Renfro, and Adams, um, you can spray the ball all over and, and really mm-hmm. collect a lot of first downs and, and touchdowns. Sticking yep. with tight end. Um, and I hope you're right because I have the pit side of that argument. Mm-hmm. Um how does your strategy work in, in football guys' drafts with with tight ends? Are and let's let's talk about specifically this year, because I know the tight end, the top of the tight end market changes every year. But specifically this year, are when you go into a football guy's draft, are you saying, I, I gotta make sure, you know, I'll let the draft come to me, but I really want to make sure I get a top three tight end, a top five tight end. Um, or are you just kind of like, if that happens, great, but I'm not, you know, focusing on it. How do you treat tight ends in a tight end premium scoring league?
2: Well, like you said, if they're there, um, I'll take them. Like like Kelsey um, in the middle of the first round, if he's there, I'm going to take him. Um, you know, it's just you know, this year I've kind of taken the stance as just is, you know, it's, it's the kiss sim- the the kiss method, is the keep it simple, stupid method. You know, pick the guy who who scores the more points. Who, who scores the more points. <laughs> That's, that's who I'm going to, you know, that's who you going to go. If it is, it, it, uh, if it is a tight end, you know, I'm going to take him because I mean the tight ends are, they're kind of sliding down. Um, you can get George Kittle in the fifth round now in, yeah. in, in tight end premium. So, you know, it, it you know, it, if they're there, I will take them. Um, I still do consider George Kittle an elite tight end. He's just hurt a lot. If I can get Kittle in that fifth round, I will take him.
1: Yeah. And that makes sense. I mean, obviously, because then, um, if he does get hurt, I mean, it's a fifth round pick. It's not like it's a second round pick, you know, and mm-hmm. and, and he has some really big games, too. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens if Trey Lance ends up starting a lot of games for San Francisco, how he mm-hmm. sort of treats George Kittle in that offense. That's something if, if you get that right, right, um, you know, whether to to fade Kittle or to target Kittle, if you get that right, it's going to make a huge difference. All right. Final question here for you, Mark. Uh, one player you're really excited about adding to your drafts this year, adding to your teams, and then another player that you're not going to have on any squads or do your best to not have on any squads.
2: Hmm. I'll take a different approach on this one, Valky. Um, okay. I don't want the 101. Mm. I don't want that first pick in any draft. Um, it seems to be consensus, Jonathan Taylor. Um you know, I, I've fallen in this trap trap before. I, other people, other everybody has. You know, um, with uh, Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's had he had that big, huge season. I believe in twenty nineteen. Um, he's still going up there pretty pretty early.
1: One hundred and two. Jonathan Taylor. Usually, it's it's. Mm-hmm. I would say in most drafts, it's usually Taylor then McCaffrey. Sometimes Cooper Cup gets in there. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen Travis Kelsey go number one overall. But normally, and and I shouldn't say that too. Like, well, now we're getting all the variations. But I've seen Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson go ahead of Cooper Cup at the one hundred and three. I don't mm-hmm. think I've seen Jefferson at the one hundred and two. But by and large, with most of the drafts I've seen, usually mm-hmm. Taylor than McCaffrey this year.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's what I would do. You know, I mean, it would be a huge decision. So I don't want that one hundred and one. Uh, it's you know, if it's I, I would have to take Jonathan Taylor, but I would not like it at that one hundred and one. So. Um, do you, have a, do you have like a sweet one. do you have
1: a sweet spot in drafts like a draft pick that you really like a draft slot you really like i should say in the first round uh, so far
2: it's in that uh, middle third okay. um you know not one through four not <laughs> nine through twelve but that five six seven eight um i find myself drafting yeah i enjoy i i'm, I'm finding a lot more players that i like in that area um in both in FFPC and KFFSC with the third round reversal. Sure, yeah. um, just you know, uh, I find players falling to me, um, you know that I like, and yeah, I think it's that middle of the draft I, I like. I prefer this season.
1: Who was the chief you were going to allude to before? As far as a um, which one you like this year, if any?
2: It's going to be Marquez Valdez Scantling. Um, I kind of see him. Yeah, And I could be completely wrong about this. I kind of do see him as the uh, replacement for Tyreek Hill. Um, I just see him catching those downfield passes, those deep routes. I just see him catching all of those. Um, And he's going to end up with the 10 touchdowns and 1,000 plus yards this season. And that's going to be quite the bargain with his 11th round ADP right now.
1: Yeah. You know, what's interesting is I, and I, while we were talking about this, I just looked out because to me, he's, he's. I mean, I live in the shadows of Lambeau field here in Northeast Wisconsin. And, and he was always the type of guy that was like a a deep threat, a guy who really, I don't want to say struggled to learn the route tree, but it took him longer than I think maybe the Packers even expected. Um, And by the time he was sort of running most of the route tree, it was a contract year and the chiefs gave him a Brinks truck and he left. Mm -hmm. And I don't fault him for that. I would have done the same thing. I, I thought that his ADP would be lower in the football guys' players' championship, where you have to manage your teams rather than the, the best ball tournament from the FFPC, where it's like you're just looking for spike weeks at that point. His ADP in the FPC, 11 12 over the last seven days, over the last two weeks in the FFPC best ball tournament, the 11 12 he has the same ADP <laughs> in both tournaments, which is weird to me because I just view him as, as a as a total best ball guy unless I have injuries or unless I have, um, uh, um, you know, bye week issues or something like that, I don't know how much I could trust, trust Marquez Valdez-Scantley. But if you believe that he might fulfill that Tyreek Hill role, not all the way, but at least better right. than a lot of people are mm-hmm. thinking, he could be an every week flex.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Uh, at the flex spot. I mean, there's two flexes usually in the main event uh, and football guys. He'll, right. um, you know, at that price, I if he can catch a bomb or two, um, yeah, he's he'll he'll be your starter every week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh guy who's a starter on my podcast list uh, every uh, podcast guest list every week. Mark Salinas, thank you so much for right, popping aboard the road of his uh, high stakes load. I appreciate it. Um, am I going to see you in uh, Louisville this year at the KF? Yes, sir. All yes, right, Miller, you, mm-hmm. you will be looking for your second-ever main event title. I will be hoping for my third-ever second-place finish in a league. So that will be very exciting as we, as we try to compete and do that. Um, I uh, wish you nothing but the best of luck in Kentucky. Wish you nothing but the best of luck in the FFPC this year. Thanks for hopping aboard, dude. All right.
2: Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it.
1: That was uh, Mark Salinas, the 2016 Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship overall winner. Also a winner of four FFPC redraft and Dynasty Leagues as well. Um, Want to remind you, as uh, as we bid you adieu for this Monday night, remember to take advantage of that Football Guys Players Championship early bird promotion. Uh, if you register by the end of the month and you draft by July 15th, uh, you not only have a shot for $500,000, but you will get a free $35 FFPC team credit. You can do that up to three times as well. The 2022 FFPC Best Ball Tournament that Mark and I were just talking about, that's live. The grand prize went from $100,000 to $200,000. The prize pool also got doubled as well, so make sure you're taking advantage of that. $125 bucks could win you $200,000. It's a nice little chunk of change. The inaugural Superflex Best Ball Tournament is out there as well. If you prefer Superflex, uh, $35 for an entry fee there, and you can win $10,000. Of course, Dynasty Startup's still available. Uh, we're going to do those um, at least through June, probably through July and, and August, I would imagine, as well. Eight-hour clocks so on those. Uh, if you want to pick up a couple more dynasty leagues and of course, plenty slow live and sit and go best ball options at myffpc.com as well. Uh, want to remind everybody programming note, a lot of podcasts coming on this week. So Thursday afternoon at five, four central, we'll be talking with uh, Bob Hoog, a guy who has won uh, four different FFPC leagues. Uh, he will join the high stakes lowdown um, on this channel on Twitter and Facebook, as well as we're broadcasting there. Um, He will join that uh, Thursday afternoon. Then Thursday night, we're doing a special Thursday night edition of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Of course, uh, uh, four-time FFPC main event and Football Guys Players Championship league winner Shane Wingard will not only join uh, Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship Commissioner Farrell Elliott and myself, we will also talk about Shane being in his first ever Pros versus Joes competition this year as well. That is going to be very exciting. So, we will be back. 5-4 Central on Thursday with Bob Hoog. And then the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour on Thursday as well at 10-9 Central. Thanks so much for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, everybody. We will talk with you on Thursday. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown. A Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our feed. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a ten percent discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast.